a quick search of the web and you'll find people who never lived up to their potential. It'll reveal quite a, a, a variety of people. There'll be actors, there's soccer players and football players, baseball players, and all different kinds of people from all different backgrounds, all different nationalities that never lived up to their potential. I'm sure those of you who have maybe taught uh, a school or you, you have coached uh, different players or maybe you, you're a boss and you've had different employees, you've seen something in somebody and you think, man, that person has great potential to do something. They're above average, but then they never reach their potential. And what you'll find is one of the reasons why some of these quote-unquote famous people never really reach their potential is because of all the hype that was attached to their name. See, really, the media had made them a superstar before they really became a superstar. They started believing their headlines before they actually achieved their headlines. And it really, that was the end for them. They never became all that they could be. You know what I find? It's not too much unlike the nation of Israel. Not only the nation of Israel, but also the church today. It's just not living up to its potential. See, the nation of Israel had all the hallmarks of uh, uh, makings, I should say, of being a great nation. And they were designed, the reason the nation of Israel is here was they were designed to be a gospel-spreading people. They were to share the good news of the Messiah. They were to tell the world that Jesus Christ was the Savior. They were the ones that were to say and introduce the world to a loving God that wants to save them from their sins. But they never lived up to their potential. The simple fact of the matter is that the church is not too far away. Where we have the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that there is a God in heaven, but the church corporately is not living up to its potential. See, just like the nation of Israel, the church had everything, has everything going for them. And we certainly look good, just like the nation of Israel. We have all the advantages that we could have with technology and social media. And they had all the advantages that they could have in that day. Matter of fact, they had an outward appearance of being devoted to God. They looked like a very devoted people, just like the church today. But the problem is that their inward life was far from being what they needed in order to fulfill their calling. Amen. See, the reason that they didn't live up to their potential at this point, and the reason that the church is not living up to 
her potential is because we equate our outward activity with inward life. See, outward activity does not indicate an inward life. You can be doing a lot for God, but not be anything with God. See, just because we're busy for God doesn't mean that there is a vibrant, inward life with God. I remember watching and growing up in the 70s and 80s and watching the church, how it exploded with growth all across our nation. And we saw huge, huge churches I remember Open Bible used to be known as the church of what's happening now. And that was a lot of churches. There were a lot of promotions. It was the, you know, uh, the world's largest uh, ice cream sundae. And you would have ice cream sundaes in in rain gutters. And you have hundreds and thousands of people all over the place eating out of uh, gutters just to be able to get them on the grounds and those type of things. Or Christmas in July or whatever we did to be able to reach people. And I'm not saying those things are necessarily wrong to reach people. But my question is, where are they today? I think what we have done is we saw a lot of people saved, and I'm not negating the fact that people came to Christ, not at all, but we did nothing to bolster their inward life and their discipleship with Christ. And it's like this, we, we had a lot of babies delivered, but we left them on the birthing table to try and survive on their own, and it doesn't work. And Jesus teaches us the way to have an inward life that does produce outward results. I want you to remember this. This is what I want you to take home. Outward activity does not indicate inward life. So just because you are doing for God does not mean that you are being for God. But if you are being for God... You will do for God. I want you to take a look here at first. Jesus' denouncement. Jesus' denouncement. Take a look there. You can, if you're taking notes, you can find that on the back of uh, the, the program there. Jesus makes a denouncement here. In verses 18 through 20 of, of, of Matthew chapter 21. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? I said, well, what's a denouncement? This is the denouncement of Christ. It's to condemn. It's to, it's to condemn openly as being wrong or reprehensible. So Jesus denounces this fig tree. He says, something's wrong here with this fig tree. See, just like I said a moment ago, the nation of Israel had all the makings of a religious people You'll remember with me, if you know anything about Israel, you go back into the Old Testament, they had made great promises to God. You can remember at the end of the book of, the book of Joshua, where Joshua said, me and my, as for me and my house, what, what does he say? As for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. 
And then he says, now you've got to make a decision. And what did they say? They, they said, oh, we're going to serve the Lord as well. They make all these promises. We're not going to go back to those gods. We're not going to walk this way. We're going to walk in the way of God. They had made great promises to God. I want you to think about your own life. What are the promises that we've made to God? See, all other nations outside of the nation of Israel were like trees with just leaves. But Israel had promised our allegiance to God. How many times have we have promised our allegiance to God? God, I will serve you with my life. And I'm not saying there were false promises. And I'm not saying that you didn't mean it. And I'm not saying that, that, that your heart wasn't in the right place. But if we're not careful, we'll allow outward activity to indicate inward life. And the nation of Israel, just like the church, has made great professions of religious abundance. I want you to think about their leadership. At this time in, the, in, in their history here, their, their, their spiritual leadership, they were strict to adhere to the laws of God. I mean, they boasted of being great worshipers of God. I mean, they followed the word of God to the T. See, the problem is that they confessed God with their lips, but their heart was far from them. I mean, if you were to look at the religious leaders, if you were to look at the people, you would say, man, they are religious people. They are, they are in connection with God. But Isaiah chapter 29, write this down if you will. Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13, the prophet Isaiah says this about his own nation. Wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. In Matthew 15, 8 and 9 Jesus says, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for the doctrines, the commandments of men. Jesus is saying, you've got all this outward activity. You're saying the right things. I mean, you're even lifting your hands in praise when the worship music's going on. But your heart is far from me. We know what's right to say. We know when to say amen. We know when to clap. We know when. You look the part. But where's the heart? See, they made a profession, but they had no possession. They were all about outward appearances when on the inside, they were dead. I want you to take a look, letter A, the description of the denouncement. The description of the denouncement. Jesus uses what he had around him, and he saw this tree. In verse 21, take a look here, it says, uh, verse 19, I'm sorry, chapter 21, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever, and presently the fig tree withered away. You ever think about why maybe the chief priest wanted to get rid of Jesus? 
why the religious leaders wanted to get rid of Jesus, why they wanted to eliminate him, was because of the denouncements that he was always making upon them in the nation. See, they liked, they liked the kind of prophets in Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah, he cut it straight. I mean, when Jeremiah preached, he preached and he cut close to the bone. I mean, he was hitting nerve when he cut. But they didn't like Jeremiah. They liked the other prophets that would say, peace, peace, when there was no peace. They liked the prosperity gospel type. They liked that everything is, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise if you just follow Jesus. If you've got enough faith, well, the reason you don't have this is because you don't have enough faith. Everything's good. They wanted the smooth sailing. They didn't want to hear the prophet Jeremiah. They didn't want to hear Isaiah. They didn't want to hear Micah. They didn't want to hear Habakkuk. They didn't want to hear those type of men of God. Why? Because it was a denouncement upon their religion. It was a denouncement upon their outward appearance. It was a denouncement on who they really were. Jesus said, you're like a bunch of whited sepulchers. That would be like me getting up and saying, folks, I just want to let you know, Open Bible Baptist Church, you look good, but you guys are rotten to the core. Uh, I don't know that we probably have people coming back next week. That's exactly what Jesus said. You folks look good on the outside, but every single one of you in here, you're rotten to the core. Could you imagine that? But that's what Jesus said about the religious leaders. You look good on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones. Modern translation, rotten to the core. See, the reason that the chief priest wanted to eliminate Jesus was because of his denouncements. See, they wanted him to attack Rome. Instead, he attacked Judaism, their religion. Instead of becoming a deliverer, he was their denouncer. Instead of, uh, instead of conquering, he confronted. Instead of having up, uh, heading up a re revolution, he preached righteousness. Instead of cleaning out the enemy, he cleaned out his own house. See, they didn't expect that from the one who they were calling the Messiah. They were looking for a king, but this was not the type of king that they wanted and Jesus uses a fig tree to be able to teach an illustration to his disciples and to us this morning. If you were to look in that part of the world, fig trees are very common in that part of the world. I remember going to a, a member's house from Open Bible. Uh, they passed on uh, uh, now. They're, they're, they're in heaven. But I remember going to their house, and they had a fig tree. I'd never seen a fig tree before. Matter of fact, I thought a fig tree was more like a bush. But it's not a fig tree can get up to 20 feet tall and 20 feet wide. I didn't realize that. And it's interesting. Fig trees produce figs at least twice a year. And Jesus comes to this fig tree and it's full of leaves. But it didn't produce any fruit. The Bible says that the reason that Jesus was attracted to that tree because he was hungry and he saw that there were leaves on the tree. You say, okay, I got that. Well, then what does that mean? 
that there should have been fruit. There should have been at least some type of fig or even a green fig because the fruit comes before the leaves. He was expecting to be fed. He was expecting for his hunger to be meant. And when he got there, he found that it was fruitless. The tree was diseased. And he denounced it right there. He said, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. He pronounced the death of the tree. Not only do I want you to see the description of the denouncement, but I want you to see the direction of the denouncement now. Because this fig tree is a symbol of the nation of Israel. And it can be a symbol for us as well in the church today. See, just like that fig tree had the pretense of fruit, the nation of Israel was the same way. So is the church today if we're not careful. We can look like we're fruitful because we are busy. They look like a true worshiper of God. They had all the outward markings of a nation that truly worshiped God. But in all reality, they were nothing more than a tree that should be producing fruit, but just had leaves instead. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10, if you would, please. The leaves, you say, what do they represent, Pastor? They're a symbolic representation of all the religious outward activity. Listen, a lack of fruit in your life and in my life and the life of the church, a lack of fruit represents a lack of true godliness. Amen. A lack of fruit in your life and in my life uh, represents the lack of true godliness. Take a look at Romans chapter 10, if you would please, in verse 2. Speaking of the nation of Israel, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to to knowledge. See, Jesus denounces them because they're full of religious activity, but there's no fruit. I want you to think about your own life this morning. When was the last time that you saw fruit in your life? I mean, are, are you producing fruit? Or do you do a lot for God, but you feel dried up on the inside? There's a great deal that you participate, but on the inside, you're just going through the motions. You know that the outside, it looks good, and everybody else thinks that you have it all together, but all you got is just a bunch of leaves to cover up your nakedness. There's no fruit. Hey, friends, listen. No fruit means there's something wrong. It means something's wrong. See, we're to be bearing fruit in our life. 
And if we're not bearing fruit in our own lives, then that means that there's a disease somewhere. You know what I find interesting about this passage? You say, Pastor, whose business of it, uh, whose business of it is it yours to be able to inspecting my fruit, my tree? Verse 19, when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Friends, you don't have to worry about the pastor or the associate pastor or the deacons or a Sunday school teacher or a connection group uh, leader to be inspecting your tree. What you have to worry about is Jesus Christ. It says when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon. We're not the inspectors, he is. And he knows if we're bearing fruit. He knows if we're just full of leaves. He knows if we're just have outward activity and no inward life. He knows it. See, we can hide a lot from people and we can look the part. But my friends, Jesus Christ denounces that type of Christianity. The Bible talks to us about having a vibrant life. He says that our life, we ought to be abiding in him that we ought to be growing up in Christ. You say, well, how do you know if you have fruit? I want you to turn to Galatians, if you would, please. Jesus denounces this type of Christianity. If I had some grapes up here, And I were to squeeze them, what type of juice do you expect to come out? Not orange juice. Anybody for orange juice from grapes? Apple juice? Mango juice? No. If I were to have grapes up here and I were to squeeze them out, I'm going to get grape juice. Why? Because they're grapes. Because that's what... Their nature is. I want you to take a look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They're seen. We can squeeze them out here if you would. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Now we can get past all that because we don't have problems with those. Right? They're the real bad ones. Oh, well, wait a second here. Uh oh. Could we do me a favor? Just cut out verse 21, would you please? Envings, murderings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So here's one side. Here's fruit 
here. This is what fleshly fruit looks like. Then there's a three-letter word. It says, but. That's the contrast, right? The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there, there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So how do I know if I am under the denouncement of Jesus just being a tree full of leaves, or if I am producing fruit. Here you go. When you get squeezed, what comes out? Because we all look good right now. We all look like fruit-bearing Christians. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. God bless you. How you doing? But, but, but. It, it's all looking good, right? Oh, I love you so much. You know, can you believe she said that? Oh, it's so good to see you. And you're lying. You, you're lying. You can't stand that person. What? On the inside, right? On the inside. On the inside. Why do you think Jesus preached the way that he did? Say, oh, the Pharisees, I haven't committed adultery. Yeah, but you lusted after that woman in your heart. It's just as bad. Well, oh, I never murdered anybody. Yeah, but you hate that person because of the color of their skin, their political party, maybe the education that they have or don't have, whatever the case may be, where they came from, different nationality. Oh, I can't stand them. Guess what? Jesus said you murdered them. See, Jesus looks past all of the leaves that we, ha that we have that's covering up our nakedness so nobody else can see it. And he sees what we really are on the inside. So my question for you this morning is, do you got life on the inside or are you just full of leaves? Friends, Jesus denounces that type of Christianity. And guess what? Guess what? Let me let you in on something. We've all been a part of that type. All of us. But that's not what Jesus wants. See, the abundant life, the victorious life, the overcoming life, is when we are planted in the abiding vine that gives us life that produces fruit. I can't love the unlovely in my own strength. I can't be patient with the, uh, the person who's jumping up and down on my nerves. But I can through Christ. I can't be long-suffering. I can't be meek. I can't, I can't do those things 
on a consistent basis, or we can put a facade on for a while, but I'm talking about living this out, that this is your lifestyle, that you are bearing fruit like this, that there's, there's joy and there's love and there's peace and there's long-suffering and there's temperament, uh, temp, temperance and there's meekness. You can't do that on a consistent basis that when somebody looks at you, you say, that's what makes up their life. You can't do that in and of yourself. You have to be connected to the vine to get the sustenance that you need to be able to produce the fruit. Amen. Otherwise, we are just full of leaves. And we look good. But it's not good. You know, I think that all of us this morning, we, didn't, we could ask God to prune us a little bit. Say, God, I got a bunch of leaves, but I need more fruit. Lord, you're going to have to do a little clipping. Because you know what happens when you prune something back? Oh, my. It comes back so much better. We lived in Ohio. We had a pear tree and an apple tree in our yard. I said, I'm going to cut them back. My wife said, I don't know. I said, I'm going to cut them back. And man, I cut them back. She goes, you killed them. I said, no, you watch. I said, come next year. I said, they're going to produce a harvest of fruit. You know what happened? Oh, it, it, that tree, it looked horrible. I mean, it was bare as bare could be. They looked like Charlie Brown Christmas trees by the time I was done with them. <laughs> Man, they look bad. She was like, you killed those things. Because they used to bring deer into our yard and all that kind of stuff. And man, when they came back. See, sometimes you got to prune back. Get rid of all the foliage. Get naked before God and say, Lord, I need you to produce fruit in my life. The only way that can happen is if you know the Lord. You got to be plugged into the vine. And if you're not plugged into the vine, you're never going to produce fruit. This morning, maybe we all need to ask Lord, Lord, could you get your spiritual hedge clippers out and take away some of the leaves that I've got? Because I want to respond in the spirit. I, I, I don't want the denouncement of Jesus upon my life. I, I don't want to be like the nation of Israel. I, I don't want to be like the typical church member. I, I don't want that, God. I want fruit in my life. 